John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. We'd also like to thank our newest sponsor, Self-Care Non-Alcoholic Beer by Three Magnets Brewing Company. Helping creative people foster a healthier relationship with alcohol since 2020. They're now shipping to 41 states via drinkselfcare.com. Want to help us help them help you? Go to drinkselfcare.com and use promo code HIGAIN. That's H-I-G-H-G-A-I-N to get 15% off your first order. Self-care, because sometimes you want a beer, but also don't. Hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. Hi, Ed Peterson. It's John Kiltica. John, where are we? Beautiful. West Seattle, Washington. We're heading into fall. We are heading into fall. That's cool. It's all right. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about guitars today, Ed. Yeah? Yep. Regular old six-string guitars. Six-string guitars of a sort. Yeah. Nothing fancy about them. No, nothing fancy about them. Okay. Is there anything else we're supposed to talk about in the intro? We have covered the bases. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we got through it faster than normal. The music was still going. I think that's okay. Okay. Remember way back, probably in the first 20 episodes, we played a 1959 Epiphone Coronet. Yes. 
That's still in my top five. I think at the time, you declared it your number one. Since then, I don't know. A lot of episodes. Yeah. You brought something that's pretty dang reminiscent of that. This is mm -hmm. an Epiphone. Yep. It has two humbuckers in it. Yep. Pickup selector, switch, tone, and volume. And it is from the 60s. It's kind of in that coronet shape. It is. Double cutaway. Yep. The second version, the more roundy version. Yes, right. but not the final version, the Batwing yeah. headstock. This yep. is three on a side. Yep. But yeah. what isn't normal. Oh. It's making the low notes. Yes. We're going to be talking today, Ed, about an Epiphone EB6. Robert Smith plays baritones, we think. Either or. Baritone or bass six type instruments. It's probably okay to assume he plays both. Beverages, John. Beverages, Ed. <laughs> I didn't do my high voice. I did a low voice. I wasn't sure where you were going to go today. Yeah, that was cool. That was all the synth pedal, right? No. Oh. This is the string nine pedal from Electro Harmonics. So then you played, and it stayed droning, right? It's like, got a freeze function built in. Okay. The whole series of these nine pedals, the synth nine here, yeah, the string nine, right, which is on the board, but they also have B9, C9, which are organs, different types of organs and keyboards, right, which are cool. I love them. Hey. Yeah. What are you drinking? I got a black coffee from John's house. Yeah. It's in a crow mug. I love that crow mug. Somebody it's, gave me that. It's awesome. Is that a juice that you made? No. Oh, okay. It came up with a snappy new name for when you make your own juice beverages. Oh. Ed's Litany of Liquids. Ooh. Well, this is kind of one of those. I did sort of make this. I took some water, which is the universal beverage of both man and beast. Toilet or tap? Regular tap water. Okay. And I put in some Huel protein powder. Uh-huh. And a scoop of creatine. Oh, that's the stuff they dip railroad ties in. Creosote? Same difference. Yeah. Cormac McCarthy. Uh-huh. He uses that word a lot. Creosote. That's a good out west word. The desert west. Might even be a town called that for all I know. In West Texas. Hot desert West Texas yeah. town. I could picture that. Does your creosote beverage drink have any particular flavor? It's vanilla caramel. With just a hint of creosote. Mm-hmm. What about you? I have what is called an Olipop beverage. Mm. It is a sparkling tonic water. This particular one is classic grape. 
plant-powered, microbiome-approved. I don't know oh what any God. of that means. That sounds like an Ed beverage right there. We're giving grape an upgrade, they said. Oh, shit. Mm, let's see. Yeah. Delicious. Is it? Yeah. The bridge is way back at the back of this guitar. It is. That's how it came. This one we have yeah. is 1963, okay, and it has had an additional pickup added in the bridge. Do I see screw holes? Yeah. yeah. Right in front of the bridge are two screw holes. That would have been a string mute. Yeah. And then the additional screw holes would have been for a pickup cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those are off of this now. Okay. So I thought in wondering why would Gibson make an Epiphone six-string because they already had the Gibson branded one. It might be a good idea to recap the Epiphone story a little bit. What was the Gibson one? The EBO. They also made an EB6, six-string guy. Got it. 1863. <laughs> sure. You remember 1863. Abraham Lincoln, still alive. Of course. Oh, oh we lost him. Heart attack, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something like that. Our man Anastasios Stathopoulos. Yes. He was born in Sparta. Really? In 1863. Huh. I think that the Spartans were very to-the-point, no-nonsense types of people. Yeah. You want to know why I think that? Yes, I do. Sparta in ancient Greece mm -hmm. was kind of a city-state in the more general region of Laconia. Okay. From which the term laconic comes. Okay. Use that in a sentence. He was a man of few words. A very laconic person. Mm -hmm. To the point. Blunt. Sure. Are people that different? Are there really just geographical areas where the people don't laugh or smile? Sure. A whole humorless society. Nothing is funny. No joyful emotions come from these people. You can be laconic and still joyful. No jokes. We don't like that. But Anastasios. Greek. Greek. From Sparta. From Sparta, so no joy, no laughing. He's building instruments. He's learning the craft from his family. He's doing mandolins and lutes and Greek traditional instruments. And he gets married. Oh. His first son is Epipanondas. Epi. Epi. Yeah. But shortly thereafter, he's seeing fortune on the horizon. So he picks up the whole family. They move to New York City. God bless. Yeah. What could go wrong, right? Yeah. Anastasios is having kids and making instruments and making a go of his thing. Mm-hmm. How long would it take till he got successful, I wonder? Oh, Oops. no. What happened? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> in 1915, Anastasios dies. Man. That leaves Epi in charge. Okay. So at this point, it was a going concern, though. It was. Okay. Epi, he knows the business at this point. He picks it up and continues making instruments. I guess in a nod to Pops, who's now dead, he changes the name of the instruments. They all say House of Stathopolo. You know, family business. Doing shit. This thing sounds pretty good. You got a baritone. You don't got a bass six, do you? I don't. I think I would prefer the bass six. You know, I wouldn't have to do that key translation in my brain. Guitar math? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No. 1924, Ed. Yeah. Epi changes the name. He registers Epiphone. It is a portmanteau 
I know you like those. I love them. Portmanteau between epi and the Greek word for sound, which is phone. Epiphone. What year is this? 1924. When did phones become a thing? Probably before that. Right? Telephone. Gramophone. I feel like the phone word was probably a very en vogue word at that time. Appending phone to something. Ooh, this is very high-tech shit. This is very now. Dictaphone. <laughs> Come on, John. Keep it clean. <laughs> How's my swearing these days? Do I still drop F-bombs all the time and stuff? I think we've leveled out. <laughs> I would guess there's plenty of our episodes that don't need the explicit tag on them. I don't know. And then you go drop in the dictaphone talk. Yeah. See? 1928, they start in with guitars. Mm-hmm. Up until then, it had been those banjos, funky banjos and lutes. Grandpa shit. Yeah. Now they're in the guitar game. Okay. No turning back. And they're starting mostly with carved tops, you know, the big boys. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to compete with Gibson. Of course. You want jazz box? We got jazz box. I'm going to give you some Greek shit over here. Yeah. The Broadway, the Triumph, the Deluxe. Yeah. Go into the 40s. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Epi dies. In 1943. 43. Okay. Yeah. Leukemia. Terrible. Yes. Well, so his brothers, Orphe and Frixo. Frixo is a rad name. Yeah, F-R-I-X-O. That's a killer name. Yeah, Orphe, short for Orpheus. Sure. They take it over. Okay. But it's not long before they start fighting. Oh, no. And Frixo, just shy of 1950, is like, I'm out. Okay. I'll sell you, Orphe, all my shares. I don't want anything to do with you. It feels like a bad move. I think so. Really do that well after that. Their sales aren't really good. It's a bummer, yeah. man. Yeah. Here comes Gibson. Yep. 1957, Gibson's parent company, CMI, they buy Epiphone. Check this shit out. Yeah. Oh, I cursed. I'm sorry. <laughs> In 1957 dollars, how much does Gibson buy Epiphone, the company, for? When Fender sold the CBS five years later, it was $14 million? Yeah, something like that. I want to say Epiphone sold to Gibson for less than a million dollars. Put a number to it. $952,000. dollars $20,000. <laughs> Man. Fire sale. Wow. What is that in today dollars? It's 210000 Not even a quarter of a million. Yeah. Gibson really didn't want all of it. Epiphone was doing uprights, and Gibson was like, let's just buy all the upright stuff outright. Yeah. And Orpheus was like, you got to buy the whole thing. So they bought the whole thing just to be able to get the bases. Yeah. And that was their plan. But that changed in the magic year. 58. Well, we have the brand now anyway. We should think about designing some electrics and acoustics utilizing the Epiphone brand name. In 60, they move all the Epiphone stuff to Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. Now they're all under one roof. Epiphone and Gibson being made by the same dudes using the same equipment and the same materials. All these East Coast Greek dudes. We're going to go out to Michigan and a bunch of fucking Midwest yokels out here doing their fucking cheesehead bullshit, <laughs> right? Cheesehead bullshit. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? <sighs> what are we doing moving out to Michigan? Oh, come on. Kalamazoo from like Brooklyn. You know, I'm not like New York guy. The idea of New York kind of freaks me out. But if you are born and bred New Yorker and you're like, pack up, we're going to fucking Michigan. Come on. I know how you are that way. Yeah. I'm just saying. So here's an interesting thing. Now they're all under one roof and they start making similar and in a lot of regards identical instruments just with different branding. Mm -hmm. We've noticed that in the past. Totally. I found out why. Okay. I'm surprised I didn't find out why earlier, but you know, that's how we do here. Four and a half years in, we figured it out. We broke the code. Yeah. Very shoddy. Okay. Gibson had established a series of contractual agreements with retailers in what they called zones, what we might today call territories. In this territory, these four people are the only ones who can sell Gibson stuff. Sure. So if sales are going up past what the retailers can afford to buy from you, you're stuck. That's all right. Make the same guitar, put Epiphone on it. We can give it to whatever retailers we want. Great. I wonder how that worked, really, because say you go to Joe Schmo in some city, and you're like, I want to buy a Gibson. We don't carry Gibsons. We have Epiphones. Well, this looks just like the Gibson. Yeah. Well, why don't you have the Gibson? We're not allowed to sell them. Weren't the Epiphones just slightly cheaper? In a lot of cases, they were the exact same price. You and I have noticed that in the past. Why are they doing that? That's why they're doing it. Huh. We got to push more units, but we're not allowed to open up more dealers. What are we going to do? Put Epiphone on it and sell it to whoever you want. That is a legal agreement, it sounds like, or a contractual yeah. thing that they did. In any event, in 1961, among all these Epiphone instruments that are being put out there, is this here bass. This is a Newport. Oh. There are four flavors of Newport. This electric bass six, six strings. They had a four-string version with a fuzz circuit in it. Uh. Play like just a D, open D. That sounds so good. Let's walk it real quick. Yeah. Neck pickup. I'll turn the tone down so it's as necky as it gets. Bridgy as it gets. Play it like you're playing a guitar. Something nice about that. Uh, yeah, I like it. The other flavor that didn't have the fuzz in it yeah. was the Deluxe. It had two pickups, as this one has been modified to have. Mm -hmm. The regular flavor, just the standard one pickup, probably sold better than any of the rest of them. Sure. But this guy, the six string, mm -hmm. how many like do you think they made? 540. 21. <laughs> they are posting some incredibly weak numbers. Total EB across all four flavors. Yep. Across the whole nine years. Yep. 2,500. So you just explained the licensing thing. 
it just feels like we want these bases. And now we're hamstrung to a licensing deal that we don't really want to do anyway. So we're going to make a bunch of these guitars. It just feels like self-sabotage. It feels like, like it didn't work. It almost feels like they didn't want it to. It seems crazy that they would do stuff intentionally to have it not work. But there were glimmers. Yeah. Yeah. 1964, George Harrison, John Lennon, and Paul McCartney all buy casinos. Sure. So Epiphone Casino sales, completely different thing. So it's not like their idea of expanding their market by slapping Epiphone on it was entirely dumb. But there wasn't a Gibson Casino, right? Uh, it was like the equivalent of a 335, same neighborhood. Yeah. And so because of the Beatles, right? I wonder how many more people wanted a casino in 1964 than wanted a 335. 335 still sold more, but probably way boosted those casino numbers. Yeah. So then they get that glimmer of hope. And what do you do then? Well, we're just going to ship all this production overseas. It just feels like they've done nothing but try to screw over the Epiphone name since the beginning. Now they're actually pulling that manufacturing back. I think if I were going to a store today, if I were in some weird headspace where I thought, oh, I need to buy a brand new Gibson guitar, I would probably buy the Epiphone the USA made Epiphone variant over the Gibson variant. Sure. You're right, though. They did move production overseas just in 1970. Yeah. Epiphone's going to be an overseas thing. Bye-bye. Is that them wanting to be rid of it? Is that them wanting to open up an overseas market? Or is that them feeling economic pressure? Or all of it? Parent Gibson Company decides, oh, there's this brand over there. We want the upright bases. Yeah. And then the Gibson dudes find out, hey, we're shipping 50 Greeks to you. 50 Greek dudes from Brooklyn. I kind of wonder who <laughs> went, though. Remember, sure. Epiphone were the same people that tried to move their production out of New York into Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a whole bunch of their workers right. were like, I'm not going to Philadelphia. Not going to Philly? How about fucking Michigan? Did any of them? <laughs> What would it be like if none of them, if they were yeah. all like, nope. Maybe no one shows up from Epiphone. Your corporate overlords are like, now you got to start making your Gibson guitars and slapping this Epiphone name on because we signed some weird ass contract 10 years ago. Yeah. And now we're locked into this regional dumb sales agreement. Our example is from 1963 and comes to us via Superfan Dylan. Our dude Dylan. Who was kind enough to loan us this. Yeah. These are 1962 to 1965, these particular six-string EBs. Yeah. So, Ed. Uh-huh. In 1962 Ooh. dollars. How much was an EB6? This is a kind of faded cherry finish. Yeah. I have overshot everything so far so i just have a feeling this is going to be right in line with 1962. that 1962 345 it was 245 dollars. my initial gut was in the 200 range but then this is specialty and more unique and only 20 of them sold and so i kind of intentionally went higher than i thought well in today dollars even still that's like 2400 bucks i think i would have thought it was more you gotta try it Try and decide Is it hell? 
Ed. Yeah. Only 21 of these made in the 60s. Yeah. It has six strings, but it's not a regular guitar. The Epiphone EB6. Buy or deny. I think this is the rare Ed Pete buy. Ooh. Yeah. You've got the baritone, and you can get newer baritones. Yes. The weird baritone tuning just freaks me out, so I'm more on the bass six thing. I like the coronet body shape. I think it's cool. It's not like I need one, but it would be fun to play like super fuzzy sludge. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, this is a buy. Having one of these in your collection is fun. Yeah. Love it. How cool is that? (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's really no downside to having one of these. But, you know, we understand here at the high gain, times are tough, budgets are limited. Right. The man getting you down. The man doesn't want you to have a six-string bass. No. And this one, you can't have anyway. That's true. Not available. N.A. Yeah. Going to have to go find one of the other 19. Yeah. We're going to take lots of pictures of this like we do when we put them up over time and sure. all the places like thehighgain.com. Oh. Yeah. Or our socials. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, like we like to do. Yeah. Probably see a retweet or two from our good friends and corporate overlords over there at the Ruinous Media Empire yes. conglomerate. Yeah. You want the coolest collection of music-related podcasts on the planet? We're a part of the group. I don't know that we are their flagship program (laughs) but we're definitely in the like top 15 yeah for sure yeah let's come back and do it next week you wanna yeah okay all right then cool bye bye